Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Beat the Buzzer podcast with Noah and Javi, where we discuss awesome NBA topics in under 15 minutes. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing our takes on the top five breakout players for this upcoming NBA season. Hey everyone, so today's topic, breakout players, um, you might be wondering, what the hell is a breakout player? So in our eyes, a, break, a breakout player is a non-rookie that will improve a lot from last season to this season, and some of these players have been in the league for a long time, but now they're in situations where they might be a lot better than they have ever been. Uh, so these are the players we're going to start talking about. Noah, give me your first breakout player of the 2021-2022 NBA season. Yeah, yeah. Now, my first breakout player is James Wiseman of the Golden State Warriors. And here's my thinking. I think it was a, it was a bumpy rookie season and kind of a weird Warriors situation. And he's gotten time to have a real offseason, real practice after. Remember, he didn't play college games at Memphis for the most part. So he's going in pretty inexperienced. I think... There's a good equation here for Wiseman to have a really productive season around, honestly, what I think would be a really good team if Steph, Clay, Draymond, even the rookies, everyone's healthy. I, I'm expecting big things. Maybe not all-star, but I say maybe borderline all-star, one of the top like uh, like 15 setters probably. Yeah, yeah. Wiseman actually entered the league in a really interesting situation because he didn't go to Golden State because they're bad. He went to Golden State because they were injured. But now they'll probably be healthier than they've ever been. Clay Thompson coming back in January. I think putting him in that situation is going to be a really interesting mix. So I'll throw out my my first breakout player, and that is Mr. LaMelo Ball. Big baller brand. Lamar, La, LaVar Ball called, called it 25 times. He told us, and now... We're seeing glimpses of absolute greatness, all-time great right here. Uh, I think he's going to end the season being a top six or seven point guard in the league. I think the Charlotte Hornets might even make the playoffs. Um, I have I have a really big season ahead of LaMelo. I think he's going to average about over 18 points, over seven assists, and over like seven rebounds. He's going to be a triple-double machine, so... Very excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I guess just a comment real quick. I, I think it's not necessarily going to be as much of a breakout from Lamelo. I think it's more going to be sustained success. I'm curious to see just how consistent he can be. And if he can keep the consistency pretty high throughout the season, you're looking at a pretty decent Hornets team for the first yeah. time in a while, which will be fun. Um, I guess I'll follow up with my second breakout player. Definitely not a homer pick out of me, but I picked Tyler Hero. <laughs> I think that... For a couple big reasons. You got to remember when the bubble season happened, he had worked pretty hard between the time of like, all right, that was the regular season. He had an okay rookie season before the bubble and then really had a couple like breakout games in the bubble. It was just a good environment for him. I think now after last season, teams were able to game plan against him and really just like guard him a lot better and pay more defensive focus to him. He had to have been able to bulk up and improve his skills to be able to get past that. And looking at the results from this past offseason, he really has added a ton of muscle. He looks like a different player, not dissimilar to LaMelo Ball, who's also put on muscle. And I just, I think we're actually going to see real consistency out of Hero. There's a chance that he could be the Heat's leading scorer. 
I, I think there's a real chance that he could be the Heat's leading scorer. Okay. I think there's two reasons why Hero worries me a little bit. The first one is basketball-related, um, and it is that they now added Kyle Lowry, who, I mean, he's not the ball hog. Like, he, he plays team basketball. I think he won't be bad, but I'm not so sure how much play time Hero can get, like, on ball. Um, and second, his girlfriend is too hot for her to let him progress <laughs> extremely well. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot of distractions off the court. No, but on a serious note, I think he you have good points. I'm just, that that Lowry thing is the only thing I'd have to, you know, get to see throughout the season, but but yeah. So my second pick and this is a little more on the line of like sustained success, but I think this is going to be su- extreme sustained success. And that is De'Aaron Fox from the Sacramento Kings. I think last year he averaged like in the low 20s, like 7 or 8 assists. But the team didn't really do much. They actually did quite terribly. But I think this year, De'Aaron Fox is going for like 27, 28 a game. Like, I'm not kidding. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten faster. It's, what season is this? This is fourth season? Yeah. Yeah. Like, De'Aaron Fox is getting to the point where I would be ready to call him a top five point guard next year if he puts up 27. Uh, I I think... I appreciate, I guess, the courage you have in him and just the your honesty there. I just, I honestly like two point guards on that team better than De'Aaron Fox. I think oh. Damian Mitchell. I don't know if you watched his tape, but I think he has a chance to be a, like a top seven defensive point guard in the league yeah. starting this season. And I also think Tyrese Halliburton has really good potential. Maybe not to be better than De'Aaron Fox. Maybe that's a stretch. I just I don't necessarily know if De'Aaron Fox is a winning basketball player. I mean. If he was such a winning player, I think we would have seen glimpses by now. But I guess that's why you see him maybe breaking out. Uh, I just I don't feel super strongly on that, I, especially just the Kings in general. Not super high on, but we'll see. We, yeah. will, we'll, we will see. We will see. Uh, Following up on my end, my um, third player on my on my list is Michael Porter Jr. After last season, you could argue that he's already kind of broken out, but I think that really will. What we need to see, similar like a lot of these players on this list, is sustained success throughout the season. And also, you're looking at the Nuggets where Jamal Murray tore his ACL. Jokic is coming off an MVP season. You have a couple like pretty interesting players up and down the depth chart on the Nuggets. I mean, you yeah. got even people argue Bo Bo might be a breakout player. He's looked really good. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be Porter Jr. specifically because. I think he he's gotten to the point where the shot making and even the the ball control and his handle everything like it's just like his IQ is looking to finally reach his talent in terms of being an NBA player. Yeah. And with that, I think he can kind of take up the role that Jamal Murray has on the team in both scoring and just like like even facilitating. I'm really interested to see how the the Nuggets look this upcoming season. I mean, people just like people forget Jokic is. Uh, like, was the MVP, is the reigning MVP. Like, this is going to be a really good team where Porter Jr. could be the leading scorer. Yeah, this is probably my favorite pick you've made. MPJ is going to be an absolute beast this season. I mean, he's going to be the second best player behind Jokic on the Nuggets, who are just a winning franchise right now pretty consistently. They've been getting pretty, you know, deep into the playoffs. And uh, 
Yeah, I think with his efficient shooting numbers, if you rack up the volume, he can be a 24 points per game type of player while shooting 55% from the field and 45 for three. Um, Yeah, I think that's a great pick. So my third pick for breakout player is actually a pretty biased pick, and I'm picking Mr. Kristaps Porzingis. Um, He's had a couple of disappointing seasons with the Mavericks, and I really don't understand what's happening there because... Some people have said he just doesn't want to play, you know, alongside Luca. He doesn't want to be the second co-star or whatever. But I mean, Jason Kidd went out today and said, "Like, I'm gonna let KP do whatever the fuck he wants." And that for me is so important. The fact that KP is not only a shooter, he's one of the like he's seven three. He can dribble the ball. He can shoot from twenty eight feet comfortably. And he can also post up and, like, dunk in your face and play decent defense. I think this is going to be, like, the only reason why the Mavericks have not made it deeper than they have is because Chris Stapps has not been playing at his full potential. And I think this year that is going to change, and it's going to help the Mavericks, you know, go over this hump. Uh, the, the thing that holds me up here is you've had Luka, while his time playing with Porzingis has pretty much been the un... Like, he's just, like, he's the guy. Like, yeah. Luke is the guy. Whereas, like, I think in Porzingis' head, like, a lot of it is he was the first unicorn. He was the first guy in a line of guys that we literally, are like, even some of the guys we're talking about today, people call Wiseman, like, a unicorn. People call players like MPJ, like, a unicorn, whatever. But Porzingis, if we remember, he was the original unicorn. I had a lot of faith in Porzingis a few years back, and I was really excited to see him play with Luka because I thought they could be sort of that next level Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki pairing or whatever, yeah. something like that. But but the thing that holds me up is that Luka's gotten used to playing with Porzingis in a certain kind of way. What changes that? Because I, I, like, I, they really would have to have re, like good chemistry on the court to bypass sort of the dynamic of Porzingis pretty much being an off-the-ball shooting guard. I, I think and, it's putting him more in the post and the mid-range. Yeah, I, think that's what's I just, like, how does that mess up Luka's flow, though, is, is my question. I, I, I Does it mess up his flow? Does it not? Because think about it. it. With the Mavericks the past couple of years, you have players like Boban and, and Dwight Powell just kind of being the center that, that goes and they catch lobs and they catch, like, little, like, scoop passes from Luka to be able to get easy buckets. Yeah. Or maybe a, the occasional three. Uh, and... <laughs> Porzingis has just been like the guy like off the ball. Like I just I don't see how he operates with a big that wants to do more stuff within the post, mid post, yeah. uh back downs. Like I just I don't see it. Maybe it's more time when Luke is off the court that that happens, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it's gonna happen. I know that if it does happen, Mavs are winning the West this year. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't <laughs> see I don't disagree with that. Okay, let's go to your fourth player. Yeah, yeah. So the fourth player on my list, I'll keep this short and sweet, Darius Garland. I really think that he's extremely talented. I think he's in a line of being a better point guard than the likes of De'Aaron Fox and whatnot. I just think Ooh. as a scorer, I think he's really talented. Just He reminds me a lot of a lot of the top point guards in the league, the Damian Lillards and whatnot. I don't know. I just expect big things. I think Cleveland has a lot of talent, and Mobley's looked really good, so I think playing with a big like that could be really helpful for him. It doesn't really go deeper than that. I just 
I have high hopes. I've been looking to see him break out for a few years now. Yeah, that's a good pick. So my fourth player, who also, you know, this isn't really breakout, I guess, because he had a great season last year. But Mr. Zion Williamson, I think it's already time. And this is going to be the season in which he's going to stop being, like, the future beast. And this is a season where people are going to start seeing Zion on the same level as, like, other top players in the NBA. I don't like where the Pelicans are going right now. I don't really understand what they're doing from a team-building perspective. But I know that while they have Zion there, um, I think he's going to be putting up at least 28-10 and 10 this season. And if he does that, like, he's he should be an MVP candidate. Not sure if, like, a top three, but, like, he should be in that conversation already. And I think this year, that's where the leap is going to happen. And I think that's that's worthy of mentioning as a breakout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the two concerns on mine with Zion. Not that I don't think Zion's amazing or a great player or a star, like a potential top 10 player in the league. I think that a lot of that stuff is true. But my concern is he broke his foot over the summer. Yeah. And I feel like it wasn't talked about enough. He broke his foot. And I can't remember if he had to get surgery or not, but either way, that's a pretty big deal. Um, Even if he's recovered from it, I wonder how rusty he looks out the gate and, like, how much catch-up he's going to be playing and how his fitness is, too, because, like, he has had problems with that in the past. When looking at Zion, I I think the Pelicans specifically have not gotten better. And you would hope the Pelicans would get better and would lift Zion up, but that hasn't happened. They got rid of Lonzo. I mean, I don't don't know. Uh, Not super, super feeling great about Zion, but... um, I'll go to my, my last pick, Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I, I think he's been due for a breakout for a while now. I think the Grizzlies are going to be pretty pretty talented. I think Jaw's going to be really good. And having a big like him who could shoot, um, rebound, play great defense, I think he's pretty exciting. So we're going to Chris Bosh even. Yeah, I hope that's true because I think Jaw Morant is such a good talent that, and he kind of needs that second star at this point, you know, Going into his third year, is that two great years? So I think JJJ would be a great addition, to, you know, in, in that consistency model that the Grizzlies are looking for. My last pick is Fred Van Vliet. He's been on the Raptors for, I think, three or four years now. And, I mean, he already has a championship. But every single year, he loses a key player. And I think it's just gotten to the point where now he's just the best player on the team. I think he's better than Siakam. Like, I I think it's fair to say that. He scored around 20 last year, and he was a great playmaker. He's an amazing defender. But I think this year, like, if he's the best player on the team, on a franchise that is pretty accustomed to, you know, having at least decent teams, I, I can see him scoring 23-24 a game, seven assists and great defense, um, and potentially even being an all-star in the East. So I would honestly love to see that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I guess to finish off, um, I, I think Van Vliet's going to do a lot better with Toronto actually being at home and not in Tampa. Yeah. Excited to see what he can do. I, I don't know if – I believe he might have hit his ceiling as a player, but he is the best player. He's going to put up stats, so it should yeah. be a fun season. Yeah. But yeah, that was our top five breakout players on both of our ends for this upcoming season. I think it's going to be a really exciting season. A lot of teams have gotten better, but also some teams have grown a little bit worse. So uh, it's, we'll see what happens. Yep. Thanks for making it to here. See yeah. you later. Bye.